0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the independent film called Fry Bread Face and Me. Came out this year, 2023. This is written and directed by Billy Luther. It stars Keir Tallman and Charlie Hogan. Is it Charlie Hogan? Love it. Uh, In this movie, two adolescent Navajo cousins from different worlds bond during a summer herding sheep on their grandmother's ranch in Arizona while learning more about their family's past and themselves. Overall, this movie made me cry. This movie touched my heart. This is one thing I love so much about independent movies because they are so simple. They are so delicate with the things that they are discussing in many, many ways. And a lot of the time, that is the key to touching my heart in a way that will make me feel things, that will. Make me feel alive and make me cry and get emotional. And this movie did this. I love this movie a lot. It's a great film. I love the characters in this movie. Like I said, short, not a short. I mean, it's probably like 90 minutes long. But a very simple story. Yes, yeah, hour 23. So it's also short. Uh, but a simple story, which is great. But it's very powerful in its simplicity. And probably will be, possibly, I haven't even started to consider yet, but it might be on my top five movies of the year. As I like to do at the end of every year. Well, actually, the beginning of every new year is to reflect and rank my top favorite movies of the previous year. And this one might very well be on that list. I would not be surprised. Um, because there's no other movie I think I, that I can think of that really got me like this movie did. And it's maybe it's because this past year was also the final season of a one of my favorite shows, Reservation Dogs, which is another Native American centric story about kids growing up on reservations this being similar in some ways because it is kids on a reservation but very different than reservation dogs regardless both touched my heart in a way that uh, nothing else did they're just great stories told by great storytellers and uh, I love both of them for that for the fact that they are so unique in so many ways which is something that I love give me something new give me something unique give me something novel because i am exhausted and tired and just overstimulated with every single universe franchise reboot remake just the regurgitation of old intellectual property that is the constant narrative in most big budget films studio films It's just, it's tiring and sad, and I love a new story. I love to watch a movie and not know anything, and not know anything going in. And with so many movies, even if you avoid spoilers and trailers, I know what the new Ghostbusters movie is probably going to be like. I know what the new DC, Marvel, whatever, they're all in universes they're all part of things that you probably needed to watch something else to even understand what's going on there's just references for fanboys and fangirls to just feel good about the fact that they've spent their lives just forming their personalities around a certain form of ip so i love movies like this and uh it was very much a treat to watch it i have zero idea how i heard about this movie probably was a a moment just scrolling through what's coming the new releases on netflix and the title is very interesting and i may have watched the trailer i don't even know if i did uh but regardless i was excited to see it when it did finally hit netflix which is where i saw it which is where it is available um I love it. It's a simple film about family, finding connections with family, and finding connections with your past. Just so many great moments in this movie. Kind of snapshots from this one summer this 11 year old boy spent with his grandmother on a reservation, as well as his uncle and cousins. And, you know there's moments in this movie that are amazing interactions that he has with his uncle and his cousins and his grandma that are just very it's it's great it's a great great movie uh and what they're doing i mean there's he's sent there for summer right sent to go stay with his grandma for the summer uh where she raises sheep His uncle raises sheep. She makes uh, traditional Navajo tapestries using the wool from the sheeps. And so he's there kind of meeting people that he hasn't seen in a long time, learning about his family, learning about family traditions, cultural traditions, and forming bonds with people in new ways. And, you know, it's uh, it's just beautiful. His grandmother is basically an artist making these tapestries. Uh, and when she speaks, she speaks in poetry, which I love. And, uh, yeah, just, I love all these characters. The bonds that he makes with his cousin, who is the titular fry bread face the lessons they learn from each other, the memories and bonds of that summer that eventually comes to an end, right? The summer eventually ends and you got to go back home. You got to go back to your real life and you got to say goodbye to this moment in time that you spent with these people, right? This moment that will never exist again aside from in your memories, and it's a story, I believe, that is, I don't know if it's specific, but based on or literally a summer that the writer-director Billy Luther spent, who I believe is also the narrator. And we see at the end of this film, we see a little clip of actual home video, which I love seeing when movies are based on real events. I love seeing pictures and video of the real people. It's always an interesting uh aspect an interesting addition that that comes at the end of movies like this so a very simple movie uh but i do want to talk about specifics of this movie spoilers as it were i highly recommend checking out this movie if you want a like a a movie that will make you laugh make you cry make you think uh and uh but it's a simple movie it's not like it's not a movie that's like overly abusive to your the audience, right? It's not going to make you feel like garbage. It's mostly an uplifting and happy story. You know, as opposed to other dramas and independent movies which may go real hard and make like go take you into very dark places, which I love those movies too. This is not that. Very nuanced very, very good. I really love this movie. So check it out and then come back and then listen to spoilers or listen to spoilers if you don't mind. Some people are crazy and like spoilers even though they, you know, are, haven't seen the movie, which is fine. Maybe my spoiler talk will encourage you to actually seek this movie out, this very short movie that's easily accessible through Netflix. But I think everybody should see this movie because it's a great movie and I would love to see what else this writer director does because I enjoy it so spoilers from here on out like I said I love these characters you have Benny who is the the main character of this story his nickname that he's given throughout this is Shamu because he's from San Diego that's where he lives and of course SeaWorld is in San Diego and Shamu He's at SeaWorld, or at least was at one point, so he was given the name uh, Shamu. Uh, You have uh, one of his traits, character traits, Benny, is that he loves to reenact soap operas with his G.I. Joes, right? This kid spends a lot of time with his mom. Of course, as everybody knows, that has spent time with their moms when they were kids, especially back in the 80s and 90s, you... She watched soap operas, and one of the things he loves to do is reenact scenes from soap operas with his G.I. Joes, which is hilarious. You also have uh, this character dressing up and dancing. To uh, d- He would dress up and dance with his mom to Fleetwood Mac, his favorite band. He wears a Fleetwood Mac shirt throughout this whole movie. And his dad, uh, when it, whenever his dad, his dad was always gone. So when his dad was gone, he would dress up and dance to Fleetwood Mac with his mom. That's one of his favorite things to do. Although you don't see that in this movie. But that's just part of who he is. You know? And when his dad tells him that uh this summer that this movie takes place, that he is not going Benny is not gonna go to a Fleetwood Mac concert as he thought he was going to. Um And his dad's reasoning is that Stevie Nicks is a witch was hilarious. And in this scene, when Benny runs out of the diner and rips open this button-up shirt that he was wearing over his Fleetwood Mac shirt and screams to the sky was a hilarious moment and made me think that this movie was going to be more of a comedy. Very similar in a lot of ways to Reservation Dogs, where the beginning of that show like the first season, made it seem like a more of a comedy, which the show is a comedy, but it felt like it was just going to be a lighthearted comedy where you see these kids causing trouble around the reservation, but ends up becoming much deeper and about way more than just some comedy about nothing, right? And similarly to this, I thought it was just going to be this kid, and just these funny things that are going to happen to him throughout the summer. And it becomes about a lot more, becomes much deeper than that. So I appreciate the fact that both this and Reservation Dogs kind of hook you with this moment of comedy to make you like, to, to get you invested and just like get you starting off happy watching this thing. Not that this takes you in a really dark place. I don't think this takes you in a the, the, the darkness that reservation dogs does. It doesn't necessarily deal with the same things that that show does. Um, but still both hook you with this lighthearted comedy moment. You also have in this movie Aunt Lucy, who I love. She's not really in it that much. She's in her 20s. She wants to leave the reservation. She makes these makes and sells these jewelry. Uh, but her dream is to own a salon, and she's only in it like a couple times, kind of steals the the, the scenes when she's in it, she's got a great energy, gorgeous woman, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's like the aunt, kind of the rebellious one, almost acts as like an older sister for Benny in a lot of ways, and then you have Grandma Lorraine, who is who benny is staying with along with fry bread face is eventually going to stay with them um and she kind of she lives in a trailer kind of out in the middle of nowhere seemingly like they're not in a town like reservation dogs they're just in a trailer out in the middle of a desert somewhere no paved roads you know it is the mailbox is a is a tin coffee can it is just very just out in the middle of nowhere they got like this Sheep pen that's cobbled together with pallets and just spare parts kind of just to enclose these sheep. Let's take a short break from this episode. Listeners, let me paint you a picture. Imagine owning a piece of art that's not only visually striking, but also exclusive. Dive deep into the many faces, a series that's now available as high-quality, limited-edition prints. Each piece captures the essence of abstract and surreal beauty, making it a perfect conversation starter for your space. What makes these prints even more special? They're all hand-signed and numbered by the artist, me, adding that personal touch of authenticity. And the best part, you don't need to break the bank to own one starting at just $5 for a 4 by 6 inch size piece. And the prices scale up from there, as well as the sizes, giving you options to suit your space and your budget. Art collectors, enthusiasts, or anyone who loves a unique piece, this is your chance. Elevate your space, elevate your walls, and own a piece of limited edition artistry. Head over to inspiredisorder.com and secure your exclusive print today. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, and the grandma refuses to speak English, which I, you know, I love. She only speaks her native Navajo. Uh, and of course, Benny doesn't know Navajo. So for a lot of the time, especially when he first gets there, I love that. The subtitles, which kind of play an interesting character in themselves, the subtitles, when she speaks and Benny doesn't know, it just says, speaking Navajo, because he doesn't know, of course I don't know, so as the audience, you're really, Benny is the audience surrogate in many ways, and it's not until other characters kind of show up where we start to actually hear and see what the grandma is saying, which, as I said earlier, she speaks in poetry. I love everything she says. Um, just another great aspect of this of this movie. Um, but yeah, the use of subtitles, I thought was a great addition to the, the just a small layer of like done with intention. If they're not just subtitles for subtitle purposes. They only express and translate the language at certain times. You also have his uncle, Marvin, who's on, you know, kind of handles uh, the sheep, one of the last of their family to steal, still herd sheep. Uh, And his uncle's kind of this, you know, a rough guy, tells him to stay out of a shed. Kind of tries to be the, the rough alpha male type of a guy, which, of course, comes along with homophobic and misogynistic qualities, which, of course, come out. And then you get the other titular character, Face, who is also known as Dawn. Her real name is Dawn. And it's Benny's cousin. Uh, and she also gets dropped off for a summer as well. So it's these two kids whose parents drop drop them both off at Grandma's house to spend the summer. Uh, But she knows Navajo, uh, and so she allows us to finally listen to the grandma. Very precocious, kind of comes like a a big sister as well, but definitely closer to the age of Benny, if not the same age, but she she has more knowledge. She's kind of his teacher, kind of guiding him, uh, which is interesting and fun. And then there's another aunt and uncle that show up later uh, with their new baby, Marshall. And both of them are very annoying characters. They're not in it for very much, but very annoying. But the they their presence, they add an element to this movie that I love the most. My favorite element of this movie is when their baby, Benny, is there and is the reason for the baby's first laugh and there is a celebration and a ceremony to to celebrate the baby's first laugh like it's a thing I don't know if it's really thing but this movie definitely makes it seem like it's a thing and it is by far my favorite aspect Uh, one of my favorite aspects of this movie but my favorite out of the many things that I love this movie for the idea that in their culture they have a ceremony and it's it's a known thing of the person who made you laugh the first time. Like really celebrating and honoring laughter is like the same way people celebrate the first steps, but even more so. It's it's actually kind of how people celebrate an unborn baby's genitals with gender reveal parties it's like that but to celebrate and honor the baby's first laugh which I find to be far more impactful and important than some genitals that a baby is born with that doesn't actually determine gender necessarily So the first laugh, I love that. I love that idea so much, uh, and I really hope. I should have done, like, the smallest of Google searches to see if that's a real thing. I assume it is, but, I like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, just even, I didn't even know it was a thing. Like, the baby laughs when Benny's holding the baby, and they're all, oh, it happened. And it's like, oh, the first laugh you 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 were like it's a it's a important moment and then the ceremony they have seemingly is for the baby's first laugh and people know and are aware of who made each person laugh for the first time that's amazing like i would love to know who when my first laugh was who made me laugh like that seems Far more interesting than when I lost a tooth for the first time or took my first steps, because laughter is such like one of the best emotions, one of the most involuntary things a human being can do is to laugh, and to celebrate and honor the first time that happened is pretty great, and I also it. I have to imagine it's got to be tough because I haven't been around a lot of babies, but it seems like they laugh pretty soon for random stuff. But I don't know, but there are a lot of specific moments in addition to that idea that I love. There's, I mean, when Benny gets there, he doesn't want to be there. He like his idea is Like I'm just going to get on a bus and go back home. That's like his idea. Um, And he goes with his uncle to a rodeo. And the rodeo is interesting. There's kind of a pivotal moment at the rodeo where the uncle gets injured riding a bull. And we also see that the uncle is living in the shadow of his brother, who is successful. And his uncle is just... I mean, his main thing is herding sheep, right? But kind of puts on like he's this big badass rodeo guy and uh, he ends up getting pretty badly injured not horribly but he's like in a wheelchair for the rest of the the movie and also at this rodeo you waiting to see if Benny's actually going to get on the bus he seems pretty determined not very scared to travel on his own but ends up changing his mind And I thought this movie, when that happened, I thought this movie was going to be about Benny kind of learning to be a bull rider. There's even a scene uh, with Benny on this barrel that they use to practice bull riding, right, with his uncle kind of shaking it for him, trying to knock him off. But that's not what it's about, right? It's just an aspect, a moment that's part of what this guy does he heard sheep but his dream obviously is to be a bull rider his dream is obviously to follow in the footsteps of his brother but benny never becomes a, a bull rider um, but the uncle getting injured makes him a much more vulnerable character now because he can't be and it also kind of excuses his anger in a lot of ways because he is beat up and he's just like miserable like we understand that like his life didn't go the way he thought it would now he's also injured and it's like he just feels like a failure but we never get any of that but you understand that like you know he's gonna be he was already kind of a jerk so it's now it's like at least you know it gets understandable the dude's also beat up um or at least it makes sense but it also allows benny it also makes the uncle weaker which allows benny to stand up and fight back which also is another great moment in this uh one of the one of the, my favorite moments is them watching the vhs tape they have one vhs tape which fry bread knows it by heart and mouths the dialogue as like just takes me back to when I was a kid watching like movies like Aladdin or The Mask with Jim Carrey, and just being able to just knowing every line of dialogue because I watched that movie like I would watch movies as a kid as if it was my job to memorize every moment of it as if, if I was able to memorize every moment of this movie that it would unlock something in the world for me right that's the the dedication that i had as a kid to re-watching and memorizing movies also did the same thing with vanilla ice uh vanilla ice's song (laughs) ice ice baby i thought if i memorize this song i am going to be cool uh but them watching the movie and fry bread knowing all mouthing the words to the dialogue right and by the end of the movie you see benny has memorized and is doing the same thing just such a great moment to see that uh just to see not only this thing that reminds me of childhood but also showing the bond that these two kids form over the summer and also explains why she named fry bread face dawn carries around this doll which is mostly like a, a rag like a body of just like a very plain rag doll like the clothes and everything has long been gone and it's just this doll head that falls off randomly and she either calls the doll jeff bridges or she calls the head jeff bridges but she calls the the doll jeff bridges because jeff bridges is the actor in this movie this one movie that they have at grandma's house so it's not even like the character's name, which I don't even know the name of the movie. It's like Starboy or Starman or something like that. But Jeff Bridges is the actor, which is, it's just kind of a hilarious, because you, you find out the doll's head's name is Jeff Bridges before you realize that it's from this one movie that she's seen growing up, staying at Grandma's house. And there's just a bunch of great bonding scenes with them uh, with Don and, and Benny and Aunt Lucy all kind of bonding while putting on makeup, right? Both Benny and Don getting their makeup done, getting nail polish on. And I love part of this movie because there's this scene and there's another scene where there's no stigma with Benny putting on makeup or even wearing a dress in another scene, right? Aside from Marvin, of course, the one homophobic misogynistic guy in one scene aside from him there is zero stigma as if it's just the most normal and comfortable thing for them to do i mean they're both kids who cares even if it was adult and i think that's more from the native american culture not having the same issues and judgments that come from christian religions or other religions that are very much more misogynistic and just narrow-minded, and I love the fact that it's n- not a big thing in this movie. That is just v- the most comfortable aspect. Because there's also a scene uh, in that moment where they're doing the makeup. There's this, there's a moment where uh, I think it was Benny asked Dawn if she minds that her nickname is Frybread Face. And she's like, well, being compared to something that's round and greasy, you know, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, but they're so good, right? Like, like he, he wasn't even thinking of fry bread as a negative, as a pejorative. He was only thinking about how delicious fry bread is and that – thinking of her name using that nickname like that was the first moment where he realized that it could be used and is generally used as an, a way to insult her but i love that that was never his intention when while using it and then from then on corrects people when they call her fry bed face he's like her name is actually dawn so i really love that moment as well that kind of realization and also kind of a clarification for why Fry bread, because I've never had fry bread, but I can imagine it's not a good nickname. Most most nicknames aren't the most uh, flattering, especially if you're an overweight child, as I know, as I was. Let's take a quick break from the show. Listeners, are you ready to take your experience with the Ray Taylor Show to the next level? Dive into Inspired Disorder Plus for just $5 a month. You unlock a world of premium content that's sure to satisfy your every entertainment and artistic craving. Imagine enjoying The Ray Taylor Show a full week, completely ad-free, in both audio and video formats. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Get exclusive access to live painting archives. Be the first to lay your eyes on the new paintings from The Many Faces and enjoy members-only discounts and deals that'll have you coming back for more. With a treasure trove that includes a podcast back catalog, boasting 14 unique shows and over 600 episodes, personal insights through Ray Taylor's own blog, creative writing to spark your imagination, and an interactive Ask Me Anything section, Inspired Disorder Plus is a feast for the curious mind. Ready to elevate your entertainment game? Head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become a member of an exclusive club. Dive in, indulge, and inspire your senses. Now let's get back to the show. And then at the end of that scene, it leads to another good scene where he finds a boombox. And he actually goes in his uncle's shack and finds a boombox. Uh, and they upda- end up dancing. Uh, both Both Don and Benny end up dancing. A great dancing moment, montage, uh, both wearing dresses and have their hair wrapped up. Just another, another scene where it's not weird or uncomfortable for Benny to be wearing, which probably did with his mom dancing to Fleetwood Mac music when his dad was away. And then there's a moment, the one dramatic moment, that could have gone, I mean, this movie could have easily gone into a much more abusive and angry movie, but the one moment where everything gets brought into the open, where, like, this these wounds for so many characters get opened up, is when the uncle, they're, like, all in the kitchen eating or whatever, and the uncle tells, uh, Benny that his parents sent him there to become a man. Right? Which that's of course what he would say. And Don, who's doing the dishes, corrects him and says, Nah, his parents sent him here because they're getting divorced Which of course Benny knows but doesn't want to think about. But he gets upset because it's like she knows. And of course nobody, especially when you're a kid. No, but you you don't want other people to know your shit. I mean I've, I'm 42 years old. I don't want people to know my shit. It makes me angry and upset if I hear some person who I haven't sp- specifically told my shit to just know my shit is like, well, who's telling my shit to people? But Benny gets upset and yells back at dawn, That her dad won't write a letter, like there's a running thing where she keeps checking the tin can mailbox because her dad says that he was going to write her, he was going to write her like every week or whatever, and of course he never does, and he tells her that his dad won't write because he's locked up, right? So you have everybody opening wounds, and as Benny goes to leave, he walks up to Marvin who's beat up like, you know, his face, his face is fucked up. He can barely, like, eat or drink from this bull riding accident. He's, you know, completely sore in a wheelchair. And Benny goes up to him, grabs a spoon off the table, and stabs him in the ribs, which is a great moment. It's like, listen, buddy, you don't have the domination over me like you did pre-bull riding accident. I can I can mess you up, too. And then it leads to a great apology scene where Don leaves, Benny goes after her. And that's when he finds out that the doll was made by her mom, right? She only had the doll head. So the body was made by her mom and he's, and she's like, wouldn't you walk around? And he's like, well, why do you carry that thing around with you all the time? So she's like, wouldn't you walk around with something that your mom gave you that she made that you love? And meanwhile, throughout the whole movie, Benny has been wearing a Fleetwood Mac shirt that is the thing that he bonds with his mom over, and she was probably the one that bought him that shirt. So similarly to her carrying around this doll everywhere she goes, Benny wearing this Fleetwood Mac shirt that he like both are reminders of their moms that they both love which i you know they find that common ground and then that leads to one of the most comedic scenes aside from Benny running out of the diner ripping his shirt open revealing the Fleetwood Mac shirt and screaming to the sky is they see earlier in the movie some sheep got out and they see one of these sheep that got out and it's them Stealing Marvin's car to go get this sheep that escaped, right? It feels very Edgar Wright, this montage of them like buckling the seatbelt, starting the car, all this kind of stuff. You have Don trying to teach Benny how to drive, giving him a cigarette because you have to have be holding a cigarette while you drive because that's just how everybody drives. They're always smoking a cigarette. You have this Native American bust that is has replaced the hood ornament of the car. I love this scene so much. It is a hilarious scene. The most comedic scene of the whole movie of Dawn trying to teach Benny how to drive as they're going to get this this sheep. And of course, you know, you you do these there's these close-ups of them in the co- the cab of the car and it's almost like they're flying down this dirt road, but then you get the wide shot and you see how absolutely slow they are going in this car. It is hilarious. Um, And then, of course, this movie, some emotional moments, right? Aside from the scene where all the wounds get opened up, you have the grandma who, every time she speaks, like she's looming, she's creating a new uh, tapestry on her loom, and she's kind of teaching Dawn how to do this craft that has been passed down this this type of artwork that has been passed down right because these are like the final people doing this in their family she's the the grandma's the last one making these these authentic navajo rugs marvin's the last one herding sheep right it is it is it is the the end of the their family's kind of impact on life the thing that this family has given to the world and uh, so she's trying to teach dawn and when she just explaining how she looms and the reasons why things do it it's just so beautiful and poetic uh there's when she's washing benny's hair and the way she speaks about his hair and why they do certain things and why they wash their hair certain ways and after they wash uh their hair they pour the 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 water that they use to wash their hair on a special tree. I love all of that stuff. Uh then you have this moment where the dog dies. There's this dog that's there and I forget the dog's name. It's like uh it's like uh it's like uh some singer's name. I forget the singer's name and I didn't write it down. Um and I'm not sure it's not clear if there's this ice cream truck that drives by every now and then. It's not clear if the ice cream it seems like the ice cream truck hit the dog um, or it could have just been the ice cream truck was driving by and saw the dog was there and stopped. Uh, but either way, dog's dead. the uncle after they bury the dog, the uncle finally opens up to Benny, right The uncle finally becomes a human being and talks to Benny about how he got the dog, telling him about how Benny's mom helped him out when he was younger. Uh, And it's like this one moment where Marvin's like a real person and kind of lets Benny know where he came from and the connection that he had with his mom. And it's it's a beautiful moment where you see Marvin's like, oh, Marvin's not just an asshole. It's clear that he is an asshole a lot of the big reason for that is because he probably feels like a failure. Probably feels like he's stuck being the last person still herding sheep. Feels horrible because he's never been able to rise to the level of being a bull rider that his brother was. You know, like you understand why this person is who he is. And you understand the connection that he had with this dog. So then after that, you see, after the uh, kids wash their hair later on, they use the wash water instead to, instead of pouring it on this special tree, they use that to wash his car, right? To There's this idea, you need to take care of your horse. And this is his horse, so they're like going to wash his car using the towels and the, the wash water that they were using. Very beautiful. There's also a moment early on in the, the movie where when dawn first shows up she gives benny this really messed up fork where all the prongs are pointing in different directions and he still uses it right doesn't complain about it and then you see again when they're eating that she gives him uh a good fork and there's this moment where both him notices that she he he notices that she finally gives him a good fork. And then she also notices that he notices. It's a very beautiful little subtle moment of like, like we're like, it's, it's like a, a, a beautiful, like subtle, like, I love you. I accept you. Right. It's, it's so great. And again, my favorite aspect of this movie is that they have a celebration for the baby's first laugh. You know, finding, and then you also find out at the very end of this movie that the grandma was the person that made Benny laugh for the first time, and in that moment, Benny learns and uses his first Navajo word, uh, "grandmother," which is just like, just as he's like leaving, you know, his mom comes to pick him up. It's the scene where like everybody's saying goodbye, and bef- as they're going he asks his mom who's the first person to make him laugh right never knowing that that was a thing with their family and he, she tells him it's his, her her his, his grandmother and then he yells as his grandmother's walking away he he yells grandmother in navajo just so <laughs> just so beautiful but that's not even that's like that's like starting to make me get emotional i was like oh my god This movie, (laughs) you know, he's like, oh, he's like they all the love that is there for this family and that Benny had. Like, they're all such good, pure people. But the scene that made me break down crying that really got me emotional when he's leaving. You see, he tells his mom to stop the car. He runs over to the mailbox to put something in the mailbox for Don right put something we don't know what it is he gets back in the car and as he's leaving he looks at his fanny pack that Don gave him reminded like gave him he almost forgot it when he was leaving gave him his fanny pack he opens it up because he sees it's like bulging there's something inside of it so as he's they're leaving him and his mom are leaving he opens it up and it's the head of her doll it's Jeff Bridges And then there's a shot after that, right? He didn't know what she just gave him. And then we see what he gave her. And it's the Fleetwood Mac shirt, right? They gave each other their most precious thing. And I had like, and they had no idea the other had done what they did. She gave him the Jeff Bridges head, not knowing that he gave her the shirt and he gave her the shirt without her knowing that she gave like they they did this thing they gave the most precious thing that they had to each other (laughs) without knowing it it's not like she gave him the head and he's like oh well then i'm gonna reciprocate giving you my most precious thing they both independently did this this amazing thing gave their most precious thing to each other it's amazing and you know, it's the, the doll that she carried around everywhere because it, her mom made it. And is the shirt that he wore all the time because it was the thing that he bonded with his mom over. Like, tears, just crying. Just like, this is so beautiful. This movie is so beautiful. Uh, I just, I have so much love for this movie. I have so much love for these characters. Benny and Dawn and the grandma and the aunt. Just so great just as such a perfect little simple story uh i love the the bond that these kids form you know and it's a movie where horrible things don't happen okay the dog dies sure it's a that's a sad moment but it's like the tears and the sadness that happen in this movie happen from like people doing things acts of love which that i love that that's what gets me Um, because in different movies, the uncle character could have been just this far more abusive. Like there could have been a scene where he beats Benny or says even more hateful things to Benny. Like he could have been far more abusive. Right. And in this, he's just kind of a, a bully. Right. And you know, I love that he stands up and fights back in that one scene, but You know, it's a movie about people finding understanding in each other and love for one another. And I absolutely love the idea of the ceremony to celebrate somebody's first laugh. The moment where the kids are just being kids and dancing to music and driving the car to get the sheep. Right. Just great moments that make me smile, make me happy. Um, the element of the grandma making the rug on the loom. Then you see that rug that she finished at the market that has this beautiful design on it. Um, And then you see the actual home footage from Billy Luther and seeing him and his family that have this rug that has that same design on it. Right. Like a perfect little movie. Just I love this movie so much. And I love all of you so much. So thank you for tuning in to The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on fry fry bread face and me. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Until next time, enjoy the show.